0: and welcome to the Point of Care Ultrasound Certification Academy podcast where we focus on POCUS. Here we will discuss all things related to Point of Care Ultrasound, the practice, the trends, and its impact on healthcare. Our program will engage thought leaders who are defining global patient care with the stethoscope of the future. Welcome, James Day here, recording live from the Focus on Pocus Studios. Today, we have Dr. Daniel Lynchstein as our honored guest on our program. For those of you who don't know, Dr. Daniel Lynchstein is a medical intensivist and visiting professor working since 1989 at François Jardines Medical ICU. Back in 1991, Dr. Linchenstein defined the critical care ultrasound as a holistic, whole-body approach. His research was mainly focused around lung ultrasound using simple equipment while defining the blue protocol for acute respiratory failure, falls protocol, role of lung rockets in circulatory failure, cardiac arrests in the CSANE protocol, various procedures, thoracentesis, subclavian venous line insertions, He published regular textbooks since 1992, the last one in the sixth edition of Lung Ultrasound in the Critically Ill, 2016 in Springer, two dozen original articles citing critical venous and lung ultrasound, at least 500 conferences. He is also president of CURF, which stands for Circle of Francophone Emergency and Reanimation Echographs which is a non-profit organization whose purpose is to promote the use of general ultrasound applied to resuscitation and emergencies. Dr. Lynchingstein, we are so honored to have you with us today on our program.
1: Thank you. Do you have a good uh, sound with my telephone?
0: Yes, I can hear you across the Atlantic from the beautiful city of Paris. Thank you. So to open up, c- can you tell us your story to help enlighten our audience about your seminal work?
1: Uh, well, I will try to be fast. I don't know how much time we have. Uh, very shortly, I began my medical studies with uh, immediate interest for everything that was emergency critical medicine. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a student, I was young. I so I discovered ultrasound one day, and I saw that it could have a huge potential, but maybe it was not in the correct hands, maybe. And I had, in, when I began my first responsibilities in a critical care, it was 1985. I was very young, but mm-hmm. I had to, to manage the ICU in the night, and I got the habits, but don't repeat it, to borrow the ultrasound machine from the radiology department, That was the beginning of the story. And it happened during uh, four years, this kind of uh, underground work, until I came 1989 in Ambroise Paré Hospital in the medical intensive care unit of François Jardin. It was the first in the world. I was very lucky. I lived not far. It was the first equipped with echocardiography. And it allowed me... To be at the best place for, in some kind, for defining critical whole-body ultrasound. That is my story. Very shortly.
0: It's an amazing story. You're right at the forefront of point of care. You're definitely. Your seminal work has has been amazing stuff. So, out of all that incredible work you've done, what are you the most proud of?
1: Well, it's it's a <laughs> big question. I will try to find the the most appropriate. Uh, I am used to say for simplifying that what I am really proud of is to have used since 1989 a machine that was very good, that was a giant, that was not bigger than the laptops that came in the years uh, 2000, 2005. And since 1992, I use the Hitachi 405 that is discontinued since long, that was smaller than the current laptops and, to my opinion, technically better. Mm-hmm. I am proud also to be lucky to have found an ultrasound probe that allows to make a whole-body approach that is a universal probe. It is a microconvex probe, but with a special, very... Good, good range, allowing me to see everything in my patients without changing the probe. I am proud of these technical points.
0: Yes, as you should be. So can you tell us a little bit about what you're currently researching?
1: I did my research, let's say, from 1990 to 1993. Mm-hmm. And now I am just trying to publish this research little by little. Sometimes my submissions are accepted, that makes some articles, and I will try to get rid of all the research that is in my uh, computer by uh, publishing it. But this is a big, big uh, challenge.
0: So what do you see as the future of point-of-care ultrasound as it stands now? How do you, Where do you see it going as it is?
1: Uh, should I have the permission to speak frankly? Please, absolutely. I have the feeling that we have a lot to do for making a correct basis. We have world experts and we have very well-trained teams around the world that make, to my opinion, something a bit sophisticated. And when I look at what the people think is my specialty that is a lung ultrasound, uh, some misconceptions that can complicate this discipline, which is not so simple. And the future of -of point-of-care ultrasound should be at first to work on its past. That is using the past, using it well, understanding well the basis in order to make uh, good stuff. That is one point of the future. I would love to see Machines that correspond to what I define, what the surf my training center, defines. It should be a bit long to explain now because it's very technical. But if we have a correct user guide with a correct machine, we should speak of a real future. Of course, we need to put ultrasound, especially critical ultrasound, in the medical studies. That is uh, quite mandatory. That is the future to be very
0: schematical? Well, the future looks bright, and you know, I kind of am curious. I would like to hear more about the circle of uh, francophone emergency and reanimation echographs. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Well, so the surf is a French name, uh, Cercle des Echographistes d'Urgence et de Reanimation Francophone, but you can call it a circle of uh, emergency ultrasound for uh, resuscitators and the F was French francophone now it's foreign that is it's an international academic center which teaches a critical ultrasound a non-profit association I am proud to see it working well without advertisement apart maybe from uh, now it's a kind of uh, ad it's work since uh, 1989, but improves every session. There is something that makes it better. We make uh, two days of uh, didactic slides during two whole days, covering the whole body. And then we go to the bedside in the intensive care unit, and I have two attendees, not more, during one or a few whole mornings, not more than two attendees. We make a test just before a test just after the formation to see the initial level and the progress of the attendees. And we teach holistic ultrasound. That is, we make a special emphasis on lung ultrasound mainly for showing that when we master lung ultrasound, we can simplify Echocardiography, mm-hmm. which is normally a very sophisticated uh, expert field. When you add lung ultrasound, you can simplify echocardio. That is the the surf very shocking. That's that's
0: it that's really cool. I want to ask you something. Why do you guys why do you use a bat for a logo? I think I have an idea, but I, I just wanted to ask you that.
1: So that question comes very frequently so I, I can answer that first first the bat lives like most of us in the night mm-hmm. when we make uh, night calls. And they can do uh, in the caves. They don't. They have good vision, but they can do without the vision thanks to the ultrasound. That's the second reason. There are mammalians that use ultrasound since uh, 50 millions of years, maybe. And also, the third reason is that this is one of the animals where we find the wrongest ids exactly like with ultrasound when experts say that uh, the lung cannot be insulated that uh, you cannot use such a difficult method if you are not experts such as the gel is mandatory or one probe should be used for each organ there are many things that are just wrong with the bats uh, bats are advocated to be blind to stick on your hair etc etc And to finish with, I find them uh, really cute. They look like very small bears, not really mouse, but bears, not scaring at all. And and to make a confidence, maybe I am a failed uh, veterinarian. So the bat summarizes uh, several points. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's a lot more than I expected. I was thinking it was just the bat sign when you look between uh, two ribs and a lung ultrasound, but that's that's deep. That's really deep. I like that.
1: I, I wanted to insert the word bat in the medical uh, nomenclature, so it was <laughs> an attempt.
0: <laughs> yeah, Point of Care is full of a lot of that, uh, you know, the seashore sign, the barcode sign, the, the bat sign, so I think it's great. It simplifies it, keeps it... Uh, like international icons, that's great.
1: We need to simplify because it's not a uh, simple task. It is. It is uh, something very subtle. We need to to apprivoiser in French. We need to control subtle things. So the the to give a name to the things is a uh, mandatory.
0: You know something. Uh, I, I just wanted our audience to know, as I have learned following your work and stuff, that. Even though you're presented as the lung ultrasound expert, where you turned artifact into a way to diagnose people, which is brilliant in itself, that you really are more of a holistic, full-body approach in ultrasound. Maybe you could explain to us a little bit more about that.
1: I think that when I I discovered the potential of whole-body critical ultrasound, that is of ultrasound, I did not know that you could insulate the lung. Uh, People were not uh, ready for this. I saw uh, intensivists making ultrasound. It was a bit uh, weird. And then I saw that the lung could be insulated one decade after. And then at this time, the doctors began to be accustomed with uh, critical emergency ultrasound. And scanning the lung was a bit uh, weird at this time. And one decade later, the community got accustomed to the lung at the time where I developed the interest of lung ultrasound for making hemodynamic assessment, which is not familiar today. So I have the feeling that I began with, uh, let's say, simple, whole body critical ultrasound. I found the lung by chance, you can say. Mm -hmm. And, And since it was, a cherry on a cake, so the cake was very big, but the cherry was very attractive. I spent all my energy for this pri- priority. Sorry for my English. Priority target that is the most vital organ, the lung, and it prevented me to publish very simple things like blood in a trauma patient, like inserting a venous line, and uh, all that makes a critical ultrasound.
0: Right. So, uh, you know, you definitely are definitely one of the founding fathers of Point of Care Ultrasound. Your work's brilliant. And I just want to ask you, as along the way, while you were researching and publishing and teaching, instructing and doing clinical, what were your main challenges along the way?
1: I have one challenge, publishing. Succeeding to publish is always a miracle. It is so long, so difficult to submit a manuscript to various journals and to be rejected, especially when it is not on fashion. When you initiate a new tool, you have a journal that gives your paper to reviewers that know the subject less than you by definition. And that was really, and that is still really challenging and maybe increasingly challenging with the time. I am surprised to see how difficult it is to publish, and this is really my challenge. To find new applications was a kind of a game. That is, I had to see once the tool is in my hands, what can I do for helping the patient? What can be useful? And inserting a venous line came very rapidly in 1989. And the lung come, came just after, to study them, to see the accuracy, sensitivity, specificity, was really nothing. No, no, the challenge is really to succeed publications. I don't see any other.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, Professor Daniel Lynchstein, medical doctor, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to be here on today's show.
1: Well, thank you. Your questions were clear. i like to answer to them.
0: They were good questions. And it's an honor to have you. And we also appreciate the audience for listening in. So you guys out there, do not forget that for even more POCUS Talk, you can follow us on Twitter at POCUS Academy and on Facebook at POCUS Cert Academy. And uh, Dr. Linchenstein, listen, it was a real honor to have you on our podcast today. Thank you.
1: My honor.
0: Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, Focus on Pocus. Be sure to tune in with us next week for more interviews with thought leaders that are on the forefront of global point of care ultrasound. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are the views and opinions of the guests and not those of Intelios. This podcast is for information purposes only.